Hello and welcome back to the Kessel Rundown podcast. My name is Hunter and I am joined by my co-host Ethan. Today we are talking about The Mandalorian Chapter 18, The Minds of Mandalore. So, Ethan, how did this episode leave you feeling? Hunter, it's not a mine. It's a tomb. Oh, man. I love this episode so much. This was peak Minds of Moria flashbacks here. It was great. It was amazing. You know what's really funny? Um, when I saw the city destroyed and everything, that I thought of Lord of the Rings as well, the Minds of Moria, and I immediately thought of you as well. So if that's not oh, a test I'm of flattered. our friendship, I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, man, what a what a strange, uh, entirely different episode than the one we just recorded a podcast over like three days ago. Episode Episode one of this season, chapter 17. Uh, the apostate came out last Wednesday. We recorded over the weekend and had a few days to sit with what we thought was a pretty disappointing and not super packed episode plot wise. And then this one just threw you right in. I mean, we got five minutes of Pelimoto and then it was like just yes. hitting the hitting the NOS on the on the plot going forward, you know? Yeah, it's it was quite the episode to to get back to if anything i think they should have premiered episode one and two together yeah yeah i thought i think that they're i thought that would have been good you know they're they're kind of uh, opposed to that with mandalorian i think they want mm-hmm. to capture that hbo sunday night kind of vibe you know like the last of us ironically also starring pedro pascal um <laughs> and game of thrones and the sopranos like going back to the 90s hbo's had these shows that it's appointment viewing every week yeah every sunday night at seven you need to be watching the show right and i think disney's mm-hmm. been trying to capture some of that even though it's like 2 a.m which is a weird time to release something it is still appointment viewing for the, for us you know yeah i was i was there i watched uh the mandalorian first at 150 that's when they dropped it on disney and then immediately after i watched the new bad batch episode which is really good too i don't know if uh you you haven't seen it have you not 11 or 12 this season, no. Because So for those listening who don't know or maybe haven't picked up on other episodes, Hunter works evenings usually, so he, he can mm-hmm. stay up all night <laughs> to watch these things come <laughs> out. Uh, I'm in bed by like 10, so I, I typically don't watch The Mandalorian until Wednesday afternoons, sometimes Wednesday mornings if I get up early enough. But mm-hmm. uh, today I watched it right when I got home from work and we immediately jumped on the to record. So we're really excited to talk. Finally, man, after after two plus seasons, we we've seen Mandalore in live action. And what a sight it was. It was so cool whenever we were coming down, uh, not to, you know, get ahead of ourselves, but whenever we were coming down through the clouds and you see all this green for a second, you think I thought it was grass, you know, Mandalore's healing, but it's just the glassed over surface that yeah. the Empire had done. It's, it was really cool. But seeing Mandalore again, it's always a treat. But before we get into the episode, just some quick news. Today's Wednesday. We're recording this on Wednesday. Yesterday, Jedi Battle Scars came out. I have uh, listened to the first three chapters. I got it on Audible. So I'm slowly getting through it. So hopefully by the time or before the game comes out next month, I should have a video up kind of explaining what what's happening with Jedi Battle Scars and what happened in the book leading up to the video game. But yeah, that's exciting. A new Star Wars book to listen to and get lost in for just a little bit. Yeah, and I had heard that, um, not to step on your 
turf here, but I had heard that um, the new <laughs> video game got delayed until April, like mid-April. Yep, I think it's April 28th that oh, we're okay. going to be so getting late April, yeah. Jedi Survivor. Yeah, but hey, it just gives the devs enough time to finish up the game, make it look really nice. You know, a rush game is forever bad, but a delayed game always has a chance to be better. It's honestly crazy how, well, I guess except for like Rogue One, when they famously were reshooting the Vader scene three weeks before the release date. <laughs> movies, you know, and movies and albums and stuff like that, like TV shows, you don't see them in the editing process, you know, at all within three or yeah. four months of the release, right? But video games, I feel like there's always delays because they edit up to like the day before it comes out yep you're right on that and even whenever they release some games uh still are being worked on i know you want to get into the episode so you've already told me before the episode you want to cover the beginning of it so why don't you go ahead yeah so um just jumping right in i mean we ended on not really a cliffhanger it was more of like a Bo is really mad at Din, right? That's kind of how episode one ended. Uh, so episode mm. two opens with fireworks over, gosh, I guess it's Mos Eisley. I mean, I, I always forget where Peli lives because we've been to every town in Tatooine at this point. But mm -hmm. yeah, Boonta Eve or Boonta Week is happening, which I don't, it's mm -hmm. kind of like like Mardi Gras. I don't know <laughs> from what she was describing <laughs> it as. Uh, so there's fireworks everywhere. You know, they're flying in in the N1. So the first thing we see is Peli completely defrauding some poor Rodian. I mean, I get yes, the guys wearing she's a nice clothes. She, she's a swindler. She's a thief. <laughs> I I was I was shocked. I mean, yes, Star Wars has moral gray areas, you know, where it's like ah Han Solo, the rugged, you know, uh, smuggler. We love him, but like this mm. was just straight thievery. Like in no in no world should this be a respectable character, but she's pretty funny, so we'll keep her around. She's she steals she gets her jawa boyfriend to go out and steal parts and then she sells them at a markup to the people who they stole them from and it's like what what is going on mm. not not to carry on too much about palimoto's ethics but oh please in, please do <laughs> in order of the phoenix um in harry potter order of the phoenix in the book uh there's a scene where mendungus fletcher is telling the twins oh, you guys should get into business, you know, blah, blah, blah. I've made so much money. And then he's telling the story and he's like, and then the idiot bought back the the cauldrons I stole for him for twice what he paid the original or whatever. And it was like this moment of like, that guy's a scumbag, but he's funny. And that's about how I felt uh, watching this episode about Peli. Oh, you know how much I love Peli Moto. She is such a amazing character to me. I know she's your favorite as well. Something funny I want to add in real quick is... Uh, when the episode opened, we saw Tatooine. Uh, the first thing I thought was Pelimoto. It wasn't Boba Fett or Finnick yeah. Shan or <laughs> yeah. really And then anything. she mentioned Boba I was like, later. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot he's yeah. running this thing. <laughs> I saw Tatooine and I was like, Pelly! I'm like, oh, my God, let's go. Like, let's go. <laughs> and like the speeders and everything. Um, so, yeah, it was just like a, oh, it's Pelimoto. Oh, oh, yeah, Boba Fett's here, too, maybe as well. And Cobb Vanth, maybe. But let's get more Pelly. I don't even need those people right now yeah din had no interest in seeing uh in seeing boba um Me either <laughs> or Cobb vanth vanth refrigeration i mean none of them um <laughs> and i love that i love that favreau and filoni just were like no we don't need them in this episode like it would have been pretty easy for them to stick tamiro morrison in this for like a minute and a half scene that they could have filmed while they were doing boba fett 
mm-hmm. just had like a short, how are things going? How's the kid? You know, but I'm yeah. glad they didn't. It kept us on track. And really the theme of this episode is like speed. This this episode is we are going to Mandalore right now mm-hmm. within like eight minutes of the opening credits. We are in Mandalore. You know what I mean? And that was not what I expected mm-hmm. at all from this season. So, oh, yeah, we talked last episode. We were like, well, we might get to Mandalore around the end of the season, maybe even mid season. We'll get there and something will something will happen eventually. But no, we're already there. Not even 10 minutes into the episode of episode right. two. So right. I, and right now, uh, my predictions for this season have been flipped on their head. So I have no idea where it's going to go. Yeah, yeah, neither do I, uh, which is a good place to be uh, when things are, mm-hmm. you know, good, right? Boba Fett, we experienced the opposite way when it was like, what are we doing? I have no idea where we're going. So you mentioned earlier how great Mandalore looks. So he he's in Tatooine trying to get a droid part. He mm-hmm. she can't give him an IG-11. They spend about eight seconds on that. And he's like, fine. And he she talks him into buying this R5. Pretty crappy droid. But again, she's a she's a businesswoman. So she sells him on it. Yeah. Well, and they you fly know, off to Mandalore just like that. You know, the R5 unit is the same unit that the Jawas try to sell Luke in A New Hope. Uh, well, not a not a yeah, great shape, I guess. <laughs> no, it's the same unit that R2 one upped to go go to Luke. So this R5 has been passed around through the Jawa uh, black market, I guess. And it ended up with Peli. And he's now we have been trusting another droid. Yeah, he's seen a yeah. lot of things. But... This means that Din is trusting another droid other than IG-11, which is another huge gripe that we talked about last episode. How it was uh, yeah. tr- going back on season one. But now, hey, look at it. It's it's happening. Yeah, yeah we could see him go back <clears throat> to the Enzelans and figure it out with IG maybe later in the season. But mm-hmm. for right now, it's like he was able to move forward and we got to Mandalore without IG. And that's good. Mm-hmm. He He's flying through this atmosphere. Well, I guess... Before he flies in, he he's orbiting Mandalore, I guess, looking for Sindari, pointing out the moons. Mm-hmm. And I just I love we we saw Concordia and we saw Kalavala like in live action from the sky. And I just thought that was really neat. He kind of repeated some lines from earlier episodes. So I wasn't a big fan of that. The whole, you know, if you know where you're going, you'll never be lost or whatever. The over exposition in this episode was a little annoying, I would say. Um, I felt mm-hmm. like. Dan was explaining everything to the audience. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, I'm kind of glad he pointed and said, there's Kalavala because it gave us a reference later when we knew Bo-Katan was close and mm-hmm. that Grogu could just go get her. But it was also very Disney thing to do to over explain everything and be like, mm-hmm. you know, this is what, what, what happened? Oh, when, when the droid, when they finally figured out the air isn't toxic, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, Mm-hmm. And Mando goes, okay, so that means we can breathe again. That means it isn't cursed. I guess Bo was right when she told me earlier that it wasn't cursed. And it's like, yes, we <laughs> we watched last episode. We know. We know. Like, <laughs> we, we know what was said. <laughs> we know what the rumors are. We know what the green numbers mean. If you would have just unlocked the pressurization on your helmet, it would have told us that the air was safe, right? So And not cursed. Yes. And and if Grogu is walking around in the open air, we know it's not cursed, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a little overdone when he hopped out of the in one and he goes, okay, I'm just going to pressurize my helmet and lock you in the cabin. You can't go outside. And it's like, yes, we figured that out because the droid <laughs> you sent to see if the air was toxic is missing. I just, 
it was a little bit I too much for me. I think that's more of just like Grogu's a baby and he's trying to be like, okay, he's repeating himself. He's trying to be a good dad yeah. and not let Grogu get hurt. Yeah, that's I guess he, I he, has, does, but yeah. he, he does talk to Grogu a lot more in, in these first two episodes mm-hmm. of this season than he used to. So I guess that's kind of the yeah, father even, figure stuff coming out. Yeah, even uh, at the beginning of the episode, whenever uh, Grogu jumped out of the N1, did a few flips in the Peli's arms, uh, she was like, "Is that was that his first word? She thought she heard he heard him talk. Yeah, I thought that so was he's, kind he's, of a... He's definitely chirping a lot more. Yeah, he is. That he keeps doing. Um, but mm-hmm. I thought that was a little bit like breaking the fourth wall when she was saying, was that his first word? And it was like, no, he just grunted or something. It wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, but everyone's waiting for him to speak, right? <laughs> yeah. So once they're on Mandalore, we see the droid gets sent out and disappear. And then Mando goes in and after him. And we saw this mostly from the trailer. We learned, well, I learned after reading, they're called the Alamites. Or maybe Bo says that later, I guess. The Alamites. Some jump scares. A couple jump scares later, he rescues the droid. We get an awesome uh grogu and din descending into the the midst of of the mines i did not know until now that Mm -hmm. grogu's uh shell thing could go vertical that was awesome to see yeah yeah we see we see grogu gain a lot of confidence in this episode i think uh or just at least show that he he was training with luke skywalker for whatever the disputed amount of time was one to two (laughs) years Anywhere from a he, day to two years. Yeah, we don't know. Hunter <laughs> said last episode that it could have been uh, like eight months, but we have no idea. So, yeah, so he's, I mean, he's doing flips, you know, into Pelly's arms to show off and get her to laugh. He's, you see his ear expressions in this episode. Did you notice this? They were so much, his face was so much more expressive than it's ever been in this episode. I didn't um, know. I mean, his huh. eyes were growing. He looked like he was going to cry. When Din walked off after the droid hmm. and his, his ears, they're like a horse. When his ears go down, he's worried and he's sad. And then when his ears are up like normal, he's fine. That's funny. <laughs> That's really and cute. I'm not, I, I don't want to step on your territory later when he comes back yeah. with Bo-Katan. He's, when he's walking her down there, they, they, he pauses and she's like, well, lead me to him. And he stops and he gives this little grunt and like this little like snort and his ears go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he doesn't trust her. Um, I just thought that the writers like did this beautifully. How do you do this with a puppet? Like, how do you convey emotion? How do you convey maturity that he's, he's learning, right? He's no longer a 50 year old baby. He's now a 53 year old baby, right? So or a how do they one year old baby? We don't or, know. Yeah. We have no idea. <laughs> Goodness. Um, but they did an excellent job in this episode. I, I thought, have to agree of, yeah. of conveying his emotion. So I thought, mm. Man, we just saw leaps and bounds, figuratively and literally, <laughs> literally from, from Grogu <laughs> in this episode. Yeah, so yeah, it was such a good Grogu-centric episode. We haven't got a lot yes. of those. We, I think this is our first Grogu-centric episode of The Mandalorian. Well, it's certainly the first one we've seen with the script flipped, right? So usually mm-hmm. it's it's Din who is chasing after Grogu. You know, the whole first season mm-hmm. was just like he kept getting kidnapped. It was like not quite little Leia levels. But mm. it was <laughs> it was like every other episode he would have to go find him, you know. Yeah. Off the top of my head, it was like chapter one, chapter three, chapter five, chapter six, and then chapter eight. Right? He's he's mm. running around the galaxy trying to find Grogu. 
in season two as well at the end. And then, yeah, and then obviously the big one at the end of season two with the Death Troopers. Yeah. Um, but now we see Grogu. Oh, he's he goes and gets Bo. He comes back. He he destroys all his Alamites. Like he just no problem uses the Force, mm-hmm. gets out of there, gets back to Bo, comes back, um, leads her down there. You know, it's he seemed to be kind of in control of things. Yeah, it's cool to see. He he's pr- he's proving himself. Um, he he knew this his dad was in danger, so he did everything that he could and ran back through. But if you want to keep, I know you're excited about talking about this weird creature that we saw captured in. Uh, it was like in this crab mech suit or whatever it was. Um, this creature, it's yeah, it's only yeah. like an and like an eye. Like the only thing living as part of that creature is his eye and maybe like stuff attached to it. I don't know. But it was such a cool design. I know you thought it was like General Grievous at first. I did too. <laughs> well, I mean, I I just product of watching Clone Wars. I mean, you definitely you know, seeing Maul down in this like this wreckage this like fiery, you know, inside of a trash heap or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. it, it gave me flashbacks to that. And I the way he breathed and the way he walked and when he stood up, he had four arms and mm-hmm. and it kept panning to the dark saber on the ground and i was like oh my gosh he's adding another one to his collection like <laughs> this guy like is it inconceivable that after he got all burned up with the his own with uh excuse me uh i'm trying to think oh obi-wan killed him with the blaster right so uncivilized yeah uh, on Utapau. <laughs> and after that happened is it is it that inconceivable that he was you know forested by palpatine and then like this could have launched a whole stream of controversial comic books, right? <laughs> um, or animated spinoffs or something. But I'm kind of glad it wasn't Grievous, right? But it did get my hopes up a little bit. But man, I, I think it was a little similar to that the the thing in the trash compactor room in New Hope mm-hmm. that grabbed Luke. I think it was called a Dionaga, Dionoga, something like that. I think yeah, um, you're right. D yeah, something so just just the eyeball looks similar but man second straight episode awesome design awesome set pieces i mean look at this look at this like machine it, it might have been cgi i couldn't tell it looked pretty real to me oh man um, it was such a good mix like i said last time of uh the pirate what what was the pirate's name the like gorian the pirate Sh- gorian shard? shard yeah gorian shard you know freak of the week he looks like he's such a good mix in between prequel and original trilogy this creature looks straight out of the prequel trilogy, but had the same like interactiveness of like an original trilogy puppet. You know, it, it was it looked so good. I can't wait for next week to see our next freak of the week, as you put it. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like how they're doing this. I mean, mm-hmm. only two episodes in a row, but it's kind of neat. They're just kind of flexing their money. You know, it looks like a movie. Yeah, it was like part Transformers and part like Return of the Jedi. It was so neat. Yeah, the last thing I have written down for the first like big chunk of the episode was Grogu going back to Kalevala by himself and the droid walks in to Bo and's like, uh, hey, we have another unscheduled visitor or another unscheduled visitor. Uh all all the Sheshwood. droids are British for some reason. And she's like, Oh, let's what did she say? Let's put an end to him once and for all. Isn't that what she says? Oh, she says let's get rid of him. Um Yeah, like does, once and for was she gonna all. kill him? Yeah. She gonna just strike him down on the runway? Like what? <laughs> what was that? 
<laughs> what did you, what was your she interpretation was gonna, of that? Um, I, I, you know, hearing that, I it sounded like she, she was about to freaking kill him, blow up the ship, just like episode two, you know, blow up Padme's ship when she's walking out. Um, I thought for a second maybe they're gonna try to like take him by force, but I think she just meant let's just get him off our backs once and for all. Like this man has been a thorn in Bo-Katan's side for either a day or two years. I don't know the time frame now. <laughs> yeah, uh, after time is irrelevant. Dark, after yeah. he got the dark saber, yeah. Um, so I think she was just she's just tired of him. She just wants him out of her life. And I don't know if they're at the point of you know killing each other, but she's she's already there. What what was funny is that uh, we see Din or excuse me, we see Bo in the same exact place that she was last time presumably this moon has more to see than just her throne room but she's depressed and (laughs) just ruminating on what she's lost you know with no clear direction in front of her she's just sitting there with her head yeah like down uh (laughs) so have you seen that uh it's kind of funny (laughs) yeah have you remember that meme of ben affleck smoking a cigarette where he's all chunky (laughs) he looks like he's gained a bunch of weight (laughs) have you seen that picture yeah there's a compilation of ben affleck um picking up dunkin donuts and the yes. paparazzi every time he opens the door takes takes a picture of him and he looks so yeah. groggy and just defeated yeah. that's just that's exactly what bokatan <laughs> looked like in this episode <laughs> someone needs to photoshop uh bokatan's headband and hair on ben affleck uh, and oh no like do a compilation of those photos it's just that's yeah, check our twitter account later for that <laughs> oh god now now i have work to do after this <laughs> um so yeah so She's like, whether you think she's going to, she's saying she's going to kill him or something. Maybe they just wanted her to be dramatic uh, mm-hmm. and say like, I'm going to really tell him off this time and he'll never come back. Cause I'm going to yell at him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes out there and she sees Grogu and immediately her heart softens a little bit. She's like, I'm confused. Where is he? And she shows, she shows yeah. concern for Din, which I guess means she probably wasn't going to kill him, but um mm-hmm. Then they fly off back to Mandalore. I guess. I guess you can, you can pick pick it up here if you if you uh, if you have anything. But yeah, Bo kind of kind of switching sides. But she's she's on a happy camper right now. No, yeah, let's get to it. So uh, she gets R five Grogu. They don't take the end one. They take her personal Mandalorian starship. Much much and more comfy. I, yeah, I know R5 is happy about that. <laughs> uh, so they get through the clouds. They get back to Mandalore. She, they, they pass over the destruction of the dome city of Sundari, and she points out to Grogu like it didn't always look like this. And they land. Uh, Grogu leads uh, Bo down this cave. What were they called again? The the creatures. Alamites. Alamites. So Bo-Katan, I, th- I think at this point she gets jumped by the Alamites. Uh, once they, they already get down to the, the lair where that General Grievous-esque droid captured Din. Yeah. Which, what was yeah. the droid doing? Was he draining Din's blood? I think he was because Din was drink, super weak. Or... Um, it seemed like he was yeah. draining him. I thought he was going to try and cook him. And again, another... Tolkien yeah. reference. I was thinking of the trolls when they get all the, the trolls arguing. It, yeah, yeah, <laughs> boil them. Yeah, make them into um, jelly. <laughs> yeah, so like I thought he was being spit roasted over like a fire, but no, he he wasn't. He was getting his blood drained or 
his something was getting drained from him. But um, yeah, they make it down there and they have a big fight. Bo kills the maybe kills. I don't know. She chopped open the crab mech and then that another version of him came after her and I think she killed him. But who knows? He he might have just like wiggled away. But she picks up the dark saber and she is amazing with the dark saber. It's just another punch in the face of like how this how Din, this guy who can't even wield the dark saber has it. And he's he's the Mandalore. Um, yeah, when he she, when he fought know, the Alamites, so proficient with it. Yeah, when he when he fought the Alamites with it earlier in the episode, he was still struggling to pick it up, just like he was when he was mm-hmm. hunting the bounty in uh, Chapter Five of Book of Boba. Um, just dragging it along the ground, he can't pick it up. Mm-hmm. And then Din, or uh, excuse me, and then Bo, like you said, like she's a complete master of it. I mean, um, you know family heirloom i guess and she just picks it up and just goes to work mm-hmm. it was it was awesome yeah it was such a great a great scene i always i love how the dark saber looks in animation and also in live action i just think it's so cool having this like midnight black sword it kind of uh um i don't know the right word but it's kind of like uh it it mirrors the Jedi, you know, how Mandalorians and Jedi are always at each other's throats. Yeah. And how, what, was it Tar Vizsla? Tar Vizsla made the Darksaber, right? Uh, I think it was pre-Vizsla. I'm looking that up right now. Um, but the the Obi-Wan versus pre-Vizsla was the fight in Clone Wars, right? So Tar Vizsla was the, um, was the one who made it. So you're right. Um, yeah. But was, I'm pretty sure it was pre-Vizsla that fought Obi-Wan with it in season two of Clone Wars, which was awesome. Uh, what a great yes, fight. Yes, you're right. That's the first time we see Death Watch. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, that's also the first time we see Bo-Katan, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because Previsla is leading Death Watch, and she is a willing member at mm-hmm. that point. Yeah. Well... Uh, to get back to the episode, uh, Bo re- rescues Din and Grogu, and they go back up to the beginning of the cave. And Din wakes up with uh, Bo making a fire. You know, she's sitting next to Grogu, and she she's like, "Okay, let's go, let's go." And Din's like, "Well, no, I still have to bathe in the living waters of Mandalore." And <laughs> she's like, "You're she still on him, this?" Like, well, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're you're crazy, man. So. Uh, she's like, well, I'll show you where they are because uh, that's where I, I know where they are. You're never going to find them without me. And we later learn that's where she took her Mandalorian creed along with her father and sister. She doesn't say Satine outright, but she says her family. This is where they took their mm-hmm. creed in the living waters. I didn't and even so think they walk through the city. Yeah, she didn't even. I was waiting on a Satine name drop, but I think it's just more, you know. Why would she say Satine? You know, she's talking to someone who never knew Satine, so she would never say it. But as they're walking to the city, she talks about how uh, this Mandalorian life and culture was snubbed out so fast, and it looks like all this destruction is decades old, centuries old. But in reality, it's, really it's only about yeah. what twenty years. Yeah, it's yeah, the, gla- the constant glassing and the constant bombardment makes it look just tarnished. So. They get to the mines under the Civic Center, and Bo tells Din that it's thousands of years old, where thousands of Mandalorians have taken their creed um, in these waters. 
and it's really cool. There's a little plaque next to it, kind of hmm. describing the history of the caves and how it used to be a layer for the mythosaur, which I guess we can yeah. call it the factosaur now. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was uh, waiting for it. <laughs> so, I I just want to pause on the um on the the conversation they're having in the you know for lack of a better term the hallway on the way down. Um, mm-hmm. Man, like, what a sad scene. Like, Bo is just talking about her parents and her sister and like. I mean, I'd completely forgotten the moment it was Satine just because I was so excited about what was going to happen. But um, mm-hmm. what a sad scene. Like we're 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 seeing all this history in front of us and she's just recounting like this wasn't always like this. Like the Mandalorian. Oh, right before she uh, rescues Din, she tells Grogu like the Mandalorians and the Jedi, you know, we once got along really well. And like she's kind of reliving the glory days a little bit. And you can kind of see it in her eyes that like. Mm-hmm she's really sad uh, deep down. Like she misses her, her family and her world and her people. Um, and she talks about her dad and, and Din just bows his head. He stopped walking and she was like, what are you doing? And he bows his head and he's like, this is the way. And I think she was genuinely really touched by that. And, uh, there was some doubt earlier in the episode of how, you know, was she going to kill Din? Was she going to fight Din? Now I feel like I have no doubt. Like she would do anything to help this guy. She clearly sees that he cares about her um, and the world um, of Mandalore. And he, he does have a soft spot for the people of Mandalore, even though he's not technically Mandalorian. Um, and I think she sees that. So that that just contributes to you know the moments when we, we do dive into the waters. They're even more meaningful after that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something I want to say as well, uh, kind of piggybacking off of that. Uh, whenever uh, Din and Grogu are in the atmosphere, are trying, are about to go in the atmosphere, Din tells Grogu, "Like, yeah, I've never been there either, but they're both Mandalorian, and it's just more. It's a, it's a way of life. How what Din's from Concordia? I think that's the first time we we heard where Din's from. We saw the flashbacks in season one, but I don't think it was uh, uh, said where that place was. So now we know it's Concordia. Well." I think Which is, I think that's where he grew. I, I guess up he, he got taken by Death Watch. Of, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We don't yeah. know yet. We that's don't where Death Watch is. Yeah, still. Never mind. But still, I, that line is so good. It's like, well, I've never been down there either, so they're experiencing this for the first time. But uh, back at the Living Waters, uh, Din takes off his uh, cape and his blaster for a second. I thought he was about to take off his helmet. I was like, whoa, whoa, like what's happening here? This is just going against everything. But he didn't. He gets in. It's like the equivalent of, of getting into a bath through socks on. I know that has to suck. And like full, just in armor. <laughs> he, I thought he was going to take off his helmet and be like, hey, I'm about to cleanse. So like I might as well let you yeah. see one more time, Grogu. Um, but Bo was with him and I was like, oh, is he going to ask Bo to go away? Because this is kind of awkward. Uh, but then he just didn't mm-hmm. take any of them off and he just jumped in the water. <laughs> I was like, what is this guy doing? I just... This is like, like you said, just like jumping in a pool with a hoodie and jeans on. Like, what? What's going on? Yuck, yuck. Um, but as Din is going down the steps, he's re- re- he's reciting the creed, and we see Bo-Katan. Uh, she's getting probably like flashbacks of um, her time saying the creed in the waters, and she's repeating what Din is saying. So Din is breathing back the 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 lore and the faith that she had probably as a kid as she was saying 
those lines with her father and sister. Uh, she's getting mean. She's getting meaning back in her life. She's not probably after this episode. She's not going to be sitting around moping, all depressed. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. She's not going to be Ben Affleck anymore. Uh, <laughs> but then Din, uh, from I think he just fell over. Like I don't think he was pulled under the waters. I think the I think he just fell. Uh, down he's the so slope. weighed down by all of his the crap he's wearing. Yeah. He's so weighed down. I think the constant uh, bombing of the surface just kind of made the steps just crumble, maybe. And this dude torpedoes all the way down to the bottom. And without question, um, Bo jumps in after him. And she used, it's really cool how they use the jetpack underwater. Um, flies yes, down. Dude, that was so sick. Um, picks, yeah, picks him up, starts flying back. And do you want to? talk about what they see or what she sees well, as they're going back I mean, up. look i think he was pulled down uh i think he okay. was because even if he if the stairs crumbled and even if he had weight on he mm-hmm. wouldn't go down that fast she was with the jetpack and it took him took her 30 seconds true. to reach him i think that uh true true the uh, uh creature down there um just yanked him down there and was about to eat him or something or just watch him die i don't know what maybe he was just annoyed um yeah. and then Dan and <laughs> bo went and saved him but man you you take the floor i mean this is your realm of expertise i guess i'm it was a mythosaur right we can say but wow what a reveal yeah <laughs> yeah i have uh like i have this thing um it's called megalophobia. I, I'm not diagnosed with it, but I hate like large creatures in the ocean. It's so niche. It's such a niche topic. But uh, if you've seen pic- old pictures of like statues in the ocean, like ugh, it just gives me the heebie-jeebies. So as they're going up, they see this big eye open and it's the face of the mythosaur and it's ginormous. Yep. It gave me chills. I was disgusted, but at the same time, <laughs> I was amazed. Um, and it's the whole, this whole episode. I mean, this whole season and of this arc of Bo-Katan, she's not. She doesn't believe in any of the magic qualities of Mandalore, of the mythical qualities of Mandalore. Well, and when she's now she faced does. with this mythosaur, yeah, she's faced with this mythosaur face to face. I mean. That has to restore everything that she lost, really. Um, and we're probably going to see, a, we are going to see a very different bow. Um, so she gets Din up to the surface. They fly up onto the slab right in front of Grogu. And Grogu does his little patoo, patoo, like little whatever. And <laughs> like, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, dad's all right. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, dad's all right. And that's where we end the episode of... Um, Another episode ended with Bogotan and Din. But yeah, uh, we saw the Mythosaur, which is, like I said earlier, probably not called the Factosaur. It's a fact. Yeah, I mean... So a little even... a little oh, trivia sorry. for you. Do you know... Yeah. Oh, you're good. A little trivia for you. Do you know the first appearance of the Mythosaur? Do you know when that was? Um, I mean, I... I kind of thought this it's was the first something appearance. something you probably won't be able to guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, he... Oh, okay, here's another hint. 
he also the first appearance of the Mythos War was also the first appearance of Boba Fett in Star Wars. Oh, the the Christmas you know what special. It is? Yes, he's riding a Mythos War, yes. right? That's oh my god. How did yeah. you get that? <laughs> yeah. I just, I oh my just, gosh, I was oh my god, I know. <laughs> Cool. Awesome. I, this I, is, I just, for some reason I was like, he's never going to get this. This is going to be so niche. This is why we do the podcast, awesome. ladies and gentlemen. Good job. This mm-hmm. is why he's learning. 13 months ago, Hunter texted me and said, we need to do a podcast because these text messages are getting way too long. We were, we were sending novels <laughs> back and forth to each other after every show. And this is why this is, this is the fruits of our labor right here. Um, man, what uh-huh. a it's what a scary sight Star to Wars see. Holiday special, yeah. <laughs> the uh, what a scary <laughs> sight to see that mythosaur eye open. I I'm the same way with underwater creatures. By the way, um, so mm-hmm. me and my wife were in Hawaii uh, like two or three weeks ago, and um, she went snorkeling for like two hours. I can't do that, man. I don't want to know what's under there. Mm-hmm. I the water was a little bit <laughs> too clear for me. If you went under there with goggles, you were gonna see like twenty fish, and which is cool. Like I don't mind yeah. some fish, but not when they're like two feet long, and there are sharks probably <laughs> somewhere close by, right? And she came back. She's like, I saw yeah. a sea turtle that was like five feet wide. I was like, Nope, nope, not swimming. I swam <laughs> one time the rest of the week. I was like, Nope. I'll sit on the beach and I'll look at the water and I'll mm-hmm. look at all these other, you know pitiable kids who are going to get eaten by sea turtles not me not happening so uh <laughs> this know, was like my um, worst it's nightmare. actually funny not to flex you know. <laughs> not to flex on our listeners but uh i have weirdly the same experience as you i was in hawaii and i was um snorkeling and when i saw everything I was like, dear God, like I, I can't do this. Like <laughs> I'm, yeah, so I'm okay freaky. with like the, the, I'm okay with the fish. I'm okay with the fish, but ugh, I, ugh, I couldn't do it, dude. You're you're in their environment, right? You're in their environment, and oh yeah, you can't. It, you just feel so unsafe because you're like, I don't belong here. Like I'm a trespasser. Mm-hmm. You're an um, yeah, you're an open ocean, nothing around you, and you just look down, and there's a whole like civilization and <laughs> you're just like oh crap yeah. it's, it's yeah. such a weird feeling such an oh, icky man. feeling well i mean the episode kind of ended on a uh not a cliffhanger i mean i think they're safe from the midsore it might pop up and chase them through the mines but i oh, think yeah. they'll get out pretty quick um but just seeing it was enough mm-hmm. for us i think if the mythosaur was going to chase them yeah if the mythosaur was going to chase them i think they would already happen i don't think they're going to pick up the next episode with them running, <laughs> that'd be, you know, I cut to me eating my own words next week as they, as the episode does pick up of them running away from the mythosaur. I thought but, you, uh, I heard yeah, the word how eating. the episode ends. Sorry, I heard the word eating and I thought you were going to say that next episode was going to begin with uh, Din, Grogu, and Bo eating uh, mythosaur meat. And I was like, man, that would be <laughs> supremely one funny and also unsatisfying that they just killed this mythical awesome creature um who <laughs> Bo didn't even Bo didn't even believe that this thing exists can we just talk about that for a second like she was reading the little plaque by the by the water and she was like can you believe yeah. this garbage look at all these stupid myths like she what you're saying earlier her faith it you know for lack of a better word like was completely gone 
in the traditions of her ancestors. Yeah. And now she's a firm believer. She has to be, um, man, oh, yeah. what a, what a great ending to the episode. Mm-hmm. Do you have any predictions of what's to come? I, um, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I feel completely lost. So what's left for Den to do at this point, right? That's, we always ask that question. Like mm. there's always a next mission, right? There's always a, Oh, I got to go here. I got to go here. And then I got to go do this. Um, oh, I need to go um, find mm-hmm. Moff Gideon, but I'm going to take uh, a, you know, a side mission with Migs and Kara and Finnick to this planet to get the star path thing or whatever. Right. There's always, there's always a diversion. Yeah. Now it's like, what are they doing next episode? I have no clue. Um, mm-hmm. We're, I think we got to get some sort of Ahsoka, like some sort of other mission has to, he's already accomplished his key mission for this season, which was to go to the mines mm-hmm. of Mandalore and wash away his sins. He did that. So what's mm-hmm. next? Well, um, I have a prediction. I think you're right. I He's already completed his mission for the season. So uh, I think maybe next episode we're going to pick up somewhere uh, with not with Din or Grogu or Bo. I think it's going to be Dr. Pershing. You know, in the trailer oh. we saw Coruscant. And yeah. Dr. Pershing is with the New Republic, of course. Uh, I think we're going to see probably some of that next episode. We might not even get Din or Bo or anyone. It's just going to be a full-on New Republic episode. Yeah, we might just I, get I a Coruscant. Mind. Yeah, just a Coruscant reintroduction. You know, we mm-hmm. saw it in Man in uh, Mandor. Andor. Uh, we saw it in Andor, <laughs> right? Um, but that was Empire uh, era, right? So for the casual viewer, yeah. you need to understand this is a different governing governing system. Um, and this is a different setup, right? They're supposedly kinder. Um, but as Miggs said, mm-hmm. uh, empire, new Republic, doesn't matter. These people were invaders on their land, right? These governments do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're just, they just got different titles. Uh, and yep. Pershing working for the new Republic. Is that what you're saying? Or is he a prisoner? Yeah. So in the trailer, we see him, um, talking with New Republic officers. So either he's converted or, and as in return of like giving um, uh, details on Moff Gideon and his fleet and all of that, or he was captured and he's talking to him. But it looks like he's um, negotiating with them. We see also shots in the trailer of Dr. Pershing and a New Republic guard walking together um, on Coruscant. So, you know, who knows what's happening, but I think it's going to be a Dr. Pershing episode next week, or it could be entirely wrong. We could see Din taming the mythosaur. But we'll see. This is like, we'll this is like when a new see. president, this is like when a new president gets elected and they supposedly <laughs> clean house. And then six months later, they hire back half of the old staff of the former president from a different party. Uh, and then they, <laughs> After they make a big show of reversing all the old guys' policies, they suddenly reinstitute all all the policies under the table. Uh, I mean, <laughs> come on. Are we really going to hire Dr. Pershing? Like, the, one of the <laughs> most sickening things the Empire did was how they handled Camino, right? So 
now we're going to hire one of yeah, the dudes that's this like is a... in, instrumental in that. <laughs> this is the Star Wars equivalent of Operation Paperclip. <laughs> if you know anything about that. I, you're going to have to enlighten me. It sounds hilarious, but I'm sure it's ominous. Oh, God, it's very ominous. So uh, going into the history uh, part of the podcast, uh, Operation Paperclip is um, after World War II, the United States hired Nazi officers to work for NASA and other government bodies in the U.S. Uh, so, yeah, we had Nazis working uh, in NASA and other governing systems right after world war ii because they were very smart operation paperclip there you go this is like this is like uh yeah i mean going back to pershing man Your whole worldview like, just got flipped upside down yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a worldview podcast now actually yeah. <laughs> it's like it's Boom. like you know when the guy when the guy's being accused of murder and he still gets drafted and it's like all right well <laughs> he can throw a ball a long way whatever we really gonna overlook his skill set here <laughs> just because he killed a couple guys. Yeah. <laughs> Come um, on. It's OJ. <laughs> um <laughs> well <laughs> man, this podcast is taking a turn. Okay. So oh yeah. What to expect? Episode three. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I love Hunter's idea of opening on Coruscant and getting a total I'm gonna I'm gonna say a total non Mando episode. Um we're going to get mm-hmm. a New Republic plot download episode with just a new villain being introduced, a new, hey, we're plotting against Dan and the kid kind of thing, um, and a short, like, 32-minute mm-hmm. episode. And then episode four, or chapter, what would that be, chapter 20, we're going to jump back in and mm-hmm. have Dan have his first encounter with these people. Um, maybe, hopefully, for Hunter's sake, idea. includes uh, Gorian Shard. Yeah, please, 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 so, please. I don't know. They got to come up with a way to to create more conflict here because seems like it's all handled at this point. Yeah, well, I'm excited to get into that next week. Uh, but I think we talked about everything we can talk about. So thank y'all so much for listening to the Kessel Rundown podcast. It's always a pleasure to talk Star Wars with you, Ethan. Uh, we'll talk again next week. But if you liked what you heard and you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe, leave a like. If you're listening on Spotify, listen again, show it to your friends and family. Let's get everyone talking about the Kessel Rundown podcast, please. And thank you. My personal goal uh, is to open Star Wars Celebration uh, in 2025. We're going to get there. It's it's plausible. Yep. Yep. It's very plausible. All right, Hunter. Well, thank y'all so much for listening. See y'all next week. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. Whoa, jinx. (laughs) 